Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The narcissist, though, has that anger running underneath so quickly, and they don't have a ramp-up feature. It's just 0 to 100. Have you gotten out of your toxic relationship? Have you been able to actually leave the narcissist and you're wondering what's next? Like what actually happens? What are the stages or the steps in one sense that narcissists go through after you leave or after you get out? I had someone asked me this the other day and I was like, haven't really thought about it like that. This isn't something that we've actually written down or kind of gone through. So I want to propose and give you some ideas today of some of the stages that a narcissist goes through after you've gotten out of the relationship and after you've left them. Now, not every single thing on here, the narcissist is going to hit. You have overts and coverts, different types, different styles, but a lot of these you're gonna see happen in their life of how they're going to respond, of how they're going to come after you, of how they're going to change the story in their minds and to everybody else and rewrite history. So I wanted to be able to kind of share a couple things with you about that. If you're new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel and several others to promote awareness, growth, healing, and change. Do that on a consistent basis by dropping small nuggets of truth on all the different platforms. If you're listening on any of the other platforms right now or on the podcast, thanks so much. Please give a like or a follow or please follow on some of the other platforms. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, obviously check the little notifications so you can get notifications when we have uh, live events, when we have new videos pop up and we're everywhere on all social media platforms as raw motivation. So please check that out. We meet with people on a day-to-day -day basis to do one-on-ones, help coach, help guide people. If you want to talk sometime, there's a link down below in the description. Would love to interact with you and be able to help you progress forward with your healing, with your growth, and with your change. Maybe you're already at that stage where you've gotten out of the relationship and you're kind of wondering, like, what's next? What's going to happen on the narcissistic side? Like, we can talk about the healing. We've done videos about that. I meet with people about that. But, like, what actually happens when you get ready to leave the narcissist and once you leave? We're not talking about them discarding you, but we're talking about you leaving. Well, I think it's good to be able to state and kind of remind everybody that a lot of times the narcissist doesn't think you're actually going to do it. There's always that thought. Maybe they've threatened it. Maybe you've threatened it. And the narcissist is like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're actually not going to leave me. And they have that sense of entitlement of thinking that the other person is not going to be able to survive without them, is not going to be able to live without their validation or without them, you know, putting into them like what they want out of them so they can get supply. So the narcissist, a lot of times, will pretend, will think, will act, will even believe that it's not coming or that it's not going to happen. See, the narcissist has a lot of times groomed people for so long, they've got to the place of like, no, like I've already tested this theory out. I've already seen if you'll break up with me after the 20 other things that I did that were abusive and you didn't. So what makes you think you're going to stop now? And typically when before people become educated about narcissism or the abuse that they're going through, often not just they'll stay. 
and they won't actually realize it and get out. So there's a big aspect that a narcissist goes into the aspect of a breakup, of you leaving them, of being completely surprised, of like, how could this person do this to me? So a lot of times, that's one of the first steps, is they're surprised. And oftentimes that surprised aspect is the aspect of betrayal, of like, how could you do this to me? You might be thinking back, like, why would they even think that? Like, they're the abusive one. They're the person that's hurting me. Narcissist doesn't look at it that way. Narcissist doesn't care to look at it that way. Oftentimes, being painted as an abusive person or a mean person or a bad person hurts the mask that they're trying to create for themselves, to you, to everyone else in their life, that they are a good person or that they aren't bad or that they aren't abusive. And you'll see all these different types of things pop up of trying to say like, I'm not this, I'm actually a good guy, I'm actually a good gal, I'm actually whatever it might be, they'll put it out there. So there's a first aspect of being surprised and feeling betrayed. Think of it like this, I've used the illustration about a toaster before. A lot of times narcissists view other people as being transactional and also being appliances. So you get ready to toast your toast in the morning, you go down, get the toast ready, stick it in the toaster and say, and get ready to toast it. And the toaster looks back and you're like, no. And you're like, okay, what? Like you're a toaster. You don't talk for one. And then for two, you don't refuse what I'm doing because you're meant to serve. That's literally the thought that's kind of going through a narcissist's head. When you leave, they're just like, what? Like, you shouldn't be leaving me because your job, that entitlement piece, that ego, your job is to serve me. Your job is to do what I want so that I feel better about myself. That's the idea of surprise and betrayal that a narcissist has. Next thing you'll typically see is the anger. You know, oftentimes you'll see this really quickly if you're still in the relationship or if you're still around in one sense, but you'll see anger. That anger stems from that idea of surprise and betrayal of I'm entitled to you. Like, how dare you do that? Like, imagine that. Like, the toaster says, like, no, I'm not going to toast your toast. You'd be like, your job is to toast my toast. Like, why would you not do this? No, I'm not going to toast your toast. Like, you're going to get upset at it because its job, its purpose is to do that. How many times do you get upset with, you know, different things around the house that maybe don't work? You know, maybe the internet goes down or maybe the, the TV stops working or maybe whatever it might be, it's easy to get angry. It's easy to get upset. The narcissist, though, has that anger running underneath so quickly and they don't have a ramp up feature. It's just zero to 100. And so as a result, it just pops up really quick. Surprise, betrayal, anger. Then there's aspect of gaslighting. No, I'm not talking about gaslighting the person. They've already tried that. They've already done that. They're out of the relationship now. It's almost like gaslighting themselves. It's rewriting history and it's saying this didn't happen the way it happened. And so you'll typically have the narcissist kind of like sit with it for a moment and be like, I can't believe they did that to me. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. It must have been all of them. And they start to rewrite history in their mind. They start to change what actually happened to be able to gaslight themselves and be not the problem. Again, the narcissist doesn't want to be the problem. They want to avoid the possibility of the reality of who they are actually not matching up to the mask that they're portraying to everyone else. Then a lot of times we'll see the smear campaign. I'm the victim here. Let's go ahead and let everybody know that. Let people know how this person actually abused me, how this person actually hurt me, how this person did X, Y, and Z, how they cheated on me, whatever it might be. The narcissist then starts to build a campaign of, hey, it's smear time. Let's get out there. Let's start raking your name through the mud and telling everybody about it. 
Now, sometimes that smear can look in a couple different ways. Sometimes it can be very overt of just posting it on all social media and saying, hey, this person is so awful. Sometimes with some more of the covert narcissists, you might have them start to leverage some of your friends and family, some of the people around you saying, you know, I just, I can't believe that she left me. You know, I can't believe that he gave up on me. You know, I'm here for him whenever he wants to come back or, you know, and all this type of stuff starts putting, planting seeds in people's minds of like, wait a second, like she said it was a bad relationship, but he's acting like it was all her. And then it starts to build over time the next step, which is oftentimes flying monkeys. Flying monkeys are proxy or abuse by proxy. So it's like the idea of if I can't physically or emotionally or mentally get to you, I'm going to get someone else on my team that will be able to infiltrate your ranks and be able to hurt and destroy you. A flying monkey sometimes is very, very little, but sometimes is unintentional where they're like reporting back because they've been duped by the other person thinking that they're just, you know, communicating like, hey, like they're doing really well or hey, they're struggling with this. When in reality, they're reporting back to someone who's using this in a malicious nature. And you have to be really careful about flying monkeys. If you have them in your life, you need to go ahead and block them as well. Then you've got a lot of times revenge or um, vindictive as far as what they're going to do. And that could be stalking, vandalism, uh, attacks on you, like obsession. Like when it starts to ramp up like this, you have to be very, very careful. And I cannot emphasize enough to be able to seek help, support, and um, police protection or whatever protection you need, whatever you need to do to make sure that you are safe. Whether that's leaving, moving, changing addresses, like ghosting, like everything possible to make sure that they don't have access to you or the way to be able to contact you. Then you typically have the new supply. You know, that's something that pops up. So all this stuff is like really quick. And then it's like, okay, new supply. This could be already happening behind the scenes. Typically, they've already prepped and groomed another victim so that someone else can step into your place if they ever get discarded. But then they'll have the new supply. I'm going to focus on the next thing. Like the grass is green on the other side. I'm still going to focus on this while I'm still running this whole smear campaign. Okay. Then they start to realize, hey, the grass isn't greener because I'm over here intoxifying all the grass and making it worse for everybody else because I'm the problem in the relationship. Can't admit that. So they leave the relationship or new supply leaves the relationship. And then you start to see a Hoover. And that Hoover can come six months to six years to 15 years. Like there's a huge gap and there's no consistency with it. So that's why we say when you go no contact with someone, make sure you ghost, go no contact, block so they can't come back. Because a lot of times when they get bored, when they get tired, they'll start knocking on all the doors that they used to go to to see who will let them back in. Maybe this will be a person that they get back with for a period of time, or maybe it'll just be a transitional supply to be able to get to the next person. You never really know. So be careful about that. Sometimes you'll have the aspect with the Hoover that they'll even get to the place where they start to beg you to come back. Like, please, like, I miss this so much. Like, I just want this. Like, I want to get married. And they'll start making all these promises, future faking. And they'll start trying to give you all these different ideas of what they want to do, how they want to act, things like that. And then all of a sudden you're like, you let down your guard and you're like, okay, like we can try, we can make this work. They come back into your life, they get close to you, and then they discard you. Because ultimately the narcissist wants to be able to have control of the story control of the narrative, control of the mass that they have. So when you leave a narcissist, a lot of times they'll go through a lot of these stages. Sometimes they'll come back into your life. Sometimes they'll get to the place where they get back and infiltrate into your life for the sole purpose of just leaving you. <laughs>